Welcome to Building Safe Workplaces, casual talk about serious matters. I'm your host, Tommy Nitt with Hask. Today we're going to take a break from talking about COVID-19 as we are all exhausted about that topic. We're going to talk a little bit about rope access. I have with me today my guest, Ken Pipsar, who is the CEO of a rope access training uh, institution out of uh, Arizona, Absalon. Uh, Ken, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Well, thank you for having me, Tommy. I am Ken Pipazar, founder and CEO of Absalon USA. We are a rope access company out of Phoenix, Arizona, as Tommy said. And uh, we are, love the opportunity to be here in Houston. We're going on four years now at the uh, Health and Safety Council, offering rope access courses to those individuals in the industry or those individuals that want a new career path in rope access. So let me just give you a brief uh, uh, biography about myself and sure. how we formed the company. Absolutely. We've been doing rope access since about 2007. Uh, started off in Phoenix and the company really grew. Uh, we were doing mostly commercial work, uh, really window cleaning. And uh, that's really become uh, a growth path in the, most, uh, in the most recent years for rope access. But uh, we started doing window cleaning, and there were two forms of access for window cleaners. One is a rope descent system. It's very dangerous. Uh, you hear it on the evening news. A window cleaner was rescued off of a platform. Window cleaner fell. At that time, I, I really wanted to be the safest company out there. And I was searching for what could I do so I wouldn't face an OSHA citation. I found, while searching on the Internet, this new new system of access called rope access. Mm -hmm. And I immersed, or I immersed myself into rope access, learning everything I could about rope access. One of the first buildings that we ended up uh, securing a contract on was an 11-story uh, condominium complex. And it really became a rope access playground for us. We mm -hmm. honed all of our skills necessary to do rope access at this complex. There were... Uh, large overhangs, there were um, sharp edges, uh, height requirements, but it really gave us the skills necessary to learn everything we needed to learn about rope access. Spent a lot of time there and developed a lot of good relationships with the local OSHA office. OSHA mm -hmm. became very important to me. It was a calling card more, more of than when I would visit a construction site to show up to clean windows. And uh, someone would say, well, how safe are you on rope? And I'd say, well, I've achieved SHARP certification through OSHA. SHARP stands for Safety Health Achievement Recognition Program. And it's a three-year certification. OSHA at that time was really coming around to rope access. So we were a good model company to work for. Uh, the SHARP certification was really my calling card. When I visited new clients, um, I would often tell them that, Again, I would get the question, how safe are you? And at that time, I would say, well, if you go to OSHA.gov and uh, look at the uh, model of the United States and you click on the state of Arizona uh, to SHARP sites, beginning with A, Absalon is our company, mm -hmm. our company would show up first. Yeah. And looking at a, a safety supervisor, I would say, is your company on there? Because <laughs> mine is. And so it really got my foot in the door with uh, safety supervisors and learning the industry itself. My relationship with OSHA is what brought me to Houston and uh, really 
expanded the training on rope access. So that's that's interesting. Let's take a step back. But where did rope access originate? I mean, did did someone? Where did it come from? Uh, obviously, uh, rope access. You talked about your your beginnings and how you came about it. But was it already there, or was it something that you created? Well, that's a great question. Rope access was developed in the early 90s here in the United States. It was done for many, many years in, in the European Union. But here in the U.S., it was developed by three individuals that were actually climbers and cavers. Um, they were also uh, rescuers for local fire departments. And they were searching for a way to really industrialize their system. Back then, they were using recreational gear for uh, their missions, whether they were caving, climbing, or on a search and rescue team. Um, most of these fellows were from uh, Colorado. And years later, they developed, um, they developed the first consensus standards for rope access. From that moment, they developed SPRAT, which stands for the Society of Professional Rope Access Technicians. So is that the is that the governing body of rope access is is like a, a, a SPRAT S P R A T right? Yes, Tommy. Uh, S P R A T stands for the Society of Professional Rope Access Technicians. It's an association that govern or our governing body mm -hmm. that maintains all of our consensus standards, training, and certifications. Oh, cool. So is does OSHA recognize this as? I mean. Because, you know, Ken, I've been in the industry for a long time, and, and the thought of someone hanging off a rope off the side of a column is just unheard of. I mean, I, I, I can't even fathom it. But you're saying that, that this is known to OSHA, it's approved, you're, you're actually had a SHARP certificate with OSHA in, in Arizona, right? Yes, I did. And it's funny you say that because when I started with OSHA, uh, as a window cleaning company, I was working at a commercial uh, complex. The last thing I wanted was a OSHA compliance officer to hand me a, a, uh, uh, a fine. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I was looking for. I wanted to be the safest company out there. But what I did was consistently knock at their door, call them, visit their office, and have them explain what rope access really was. They, the local Arizona office at that time had no clue what rope access was. It was still developing, and I started Absalon back in 2006, 2007, but they were still coming along to it. Now, let's fast forward to where we are today. Yes, it is accepted and understood. In 2017, OSHA developed the Walking Working Surfaces document, which mm -hmm. recognizes uh, rope access as work positioning. It's a form of fall protection. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, I, you know, up to about five or six years ago when you walked through the door, I had no idea what rope access was and never heard of it. And like I said, if you told me that you were going to hang off a column on a rope, I would have said, there's no way that's possible. <laughs> it worked. So, so what does someone with rope access, uh, what, what do they do? I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, columns, but you also mentioned buildings. So someone who has a rope access, uh, you, you mentioned work positioning. What, what do they do? Well, let's talk about what is rope access for the, those that are listening. Rope access or industrial climbing, it's, it's really a form of work positioning. Rope access refers to a set of techniques where rope, 
and specialized hardware are used as a primary means of providing access and support to the workers. Really, it's a two-rope system. So when we, when we talk to the viewers or someone that's listening, it's a two-rope system. Someone will say, how safe is it? Well, it's a two-rope system. I, I myself call it a two-point system. Mm -hmm. we, it, ex it consists of a primary support, a rope that supports the worker, and a secondary that provides backup or fall protection to the worker. So when we talk about, someone says, how safe are you? We're always on two points or 200% of fall protection. The technician can exceed that and during a specific skill can go up to 400% of fall protection. So when we add things to do a particular skill, we're adding fall protection. We always add before we subtract. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a two rope system. And so, so the people who get this, they, are they uh, inspectors or, or I know you mentioned something about inspecting uh, columns and things like that. Is it, so is it just for inspection? Is, is, is rope access just for inspection? What, what are some other applications of it? Well, that's a very good question. Rope access is gaining popularity uh, globally, not just in the United States. SPRAT is a global organization training all technicians. So where is it used? It's used in civil, structural, geotechnical, towers, construction industry, the motion picture industry, and window cleaners. That's where we started as a company, window cleaning. The common applications that can be used would be NDE, which stands for non-destructive examination, insulation, sealants, any type of inspections. For example, our company, Absalon, has a service side to it. We, we do a lot of bridge and dam inspections all across the United States for the Army Corps of Engineers. Oh, so, so, so all these bridges that you know, are infrastructure and they've been in place for that, you know, hundreds of years, it seems like, you actually go in there and, and inspect underneath it. Like uh, I would think something like the Fred Hartman Bridge or something that we're all fairly uh, used to seeing and cross every day, you might be uh, contracted to actually go underneath that bridge and, and do inspections? Correct. Doing a non-destructive examination, we can, we can check welds, look for fractures, but we've done bridge inspections. We're known for, Absalon is known for a lot of high-profile projects. Uh, one of the, the biggest would be the Skywalk at the Grand Canyon. Everybody knows the, the uh, Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. Well, for those who don't know the Skywalk, the Skywalk is the cantilevered platform that edges out over the cliff and the drop is about 4,000 feet. Back in 2012, we were contacted by the, um, by the tribe, the mm -hmm. Wallapai tribe, to maintain the underside of the Skywalk, clean the underside of the glass and inspect, visually inspect any of the welds that exist. We're also known for such high-profile projects as the Space Shuttle Atlantis. Atlantis at the Kennedy Space Center, we were called upon by the, um, the company to descend down 176 feet above the Atlantis and replace a sheave assembly, which is the wheel that turns in a pulley. Mm -hmm. And the sheave assembly for the, the Space Shuttle weighed about 450 pounds. So we had to remove the old, add a new rope access was the only way that that could be done. And again, you had the national treasure right below you, so you couldn't drop anything. And again, <laughs> and again 
you had to be very careful. So everything was tethered. There were no drops on, on that particular job. But rope access is really used everywhere. For those listening, gosh, we've done, um, we just finished a project in Oregon. We were there for about eight months. And what we were doing was composite repair on a wind turbine farm out in Oregon. We've done other farms here in Texas um, adding components to the wind, uh, wind turbine blades, but it can be used really anywhere. So it's not just an industrial type application. It, it's got, it's got uh, tentacles in commercial and, and all over the United States, right? Yes, yes, it does. Commercial applications all over. So why do you think it's growing so much in popularity? Well, number one, because of the safety. You know, that's, that's the most important thing. When I think of rope access and I think how I found it and what it does, uh, safety is the, the first word that comes to mind. And why is that? Well, number one, it's, it's a two-point system or there's a two-rope system being involved. But beyond that, it's the training and expertise that the person it, that is doing the work, the technician that's doing the work, receives. Mm -hmm. In order to become SPRAT certified, the technician has to enter a 40-hour class and um, take the 40-hour class, which consists of a written test, a skills test and an oral test. So you're learning about the equipment, you're learning about the industry, and you're actually doing the skills necessary to become a level one rope access technician. And so, so you said level one. How many levels of rope access are there? Sprat has three levels. Level one is entry level. There's no experience necessary for entry level one. So anyone out there can easily become a level one rope access technician. The minimum requirements are 18 years of age or older and just to be in good physical condition. If you love climbing, why not get paid for something that you love to do? Most people hate to go to work every day, but the, the people that I see in the rope access, in, uh, access industry really mm -hmm. love what they do because they're getting paid to climb. If you really like heights, you like climbing, it's amazing. Climbing is such a big industry, even... Uh, even even recreational climbing. How many climbing gyms do you see out and about? And these people can gravitate from the climbing gym into a professional career and get paid for something they like to do. Why go to a job that you don't like? Why do something that you love? If you love what you do, it's really not a job. And so, so there's three levels? There's three levels. Okay. Level one is entry level, as uh -huh. I said. Level two Level two is, is really a working technician. Uh -huh. uh, and then there's, of course, level three. Level three is a rope access program manager, manager or rope access supervisor. The level three oversees the rope access team. In our company, we have all working level threes. Level threes will go out to a job site, handle all the safety requirements, do provide all the rigging along with a level two to make sure that the site is safe and secure for the team to go to do the job or the task at hand. And what do you have to do to get from level one to level two? Is it just, is it time and service? Is there a certain application you have to fill out? How do you advance from a, a level one to a level three? A, a level one to a level two would be 500 hours of loggable time on work. So okay. every job you do, you have to log the time or your supervisor or level three, attending level three, will log that time and sign off in your logbook. So it, it's logged, has that person's signature, that person's SPRAT number, so that the next time they advance to, let's say, a level two, 
their logbook can be checked by the Sprat evaluator who will verify the signature and the Sprat numbers, ask some questions regarding jobs that they've done, work that they've done, why the advancement. Now, one thing I'd like to point out is sometimes we see people that come into the industry and they say, well, I want to be a level three as soon as possible. Why? Well, they want to climb the ladder, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe advancement in, in uh, money, yeah. more, yeah. um, more pay. However, uh, we, like to, we like to tell people it's not a race. It's not a race. You need to rope access, like, as we refer to it, as a tool in your toolbox. It needs to be paired with a certain uh, task mm -hmm. or a certain career or certain trade. But to, to have a person jump from one to two as quickly as possible, um, that's where we, we like to persuade people, stay level one as long as possible. Learn everything you can. Become the expert at what you're doing. And then when it's time to move on, you'll know. But it's certainly not a race to go from one to two or two to three as quick as possible. And, and when you look at that, let's just take, for example, a level two that might have been certified as a level two for maybe two years. That level two then jumps to a level three, may or may not pass that test because it's quite extensive. Mm -hmm. But in the real world application, when they work for a company and they have their own people working for them, you're in charge of those people's lives. You're in charge of the rigging. And one day you're called upon to a situation where maybe you don't have that tool in your toolbox. You might not know everything there is to know. We like a lot of time between two to three. It's so it's it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword. Everybody wants to be the, the top person, everyone, but heavy is the crown, right? Heavy you, is the crown. You have, you, have to, uh, you have to be responsible for other people's lives you're a, you're uh, exactly as, right. as a rope access level three technician because you're the person that everyone looks to for all the answers, right? You're exactly right. Yeah. That. I like that. Heavy is the crown. I'm going <laughs> to use that one. <laughs> so... Uh, so you mentioned a lot of uh, jobs earlier about, you know, so, so rope access technicians, they can, they can pretty much do a, a lot of different things. Uh, you, you touched on something, and I want, I want to talk about it because here we are in December, and of course I said we weren't going to say this word through this whole interview, but you know what kind of year 2020 is, has had on us. Uh, we've got a, a, a whole crop of people graduating schools, We've got a lot of people that are uh, maybe uh, not working right now, uh, maybe have been furloughed or, 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 or just let go from companies and are looking. And, and now might be a time and an opportunity to access that career and look for a career change. Uh, so going back to what you said about no experience necessary, you're telling me that I can graduate high school this year and I can sign up to take rope access and... and, and Obviously, I have to learn the, the skill, but I can learn that skill and, and, and start down that path? Yes, you can. So that's really a great question, um, great thought. Yes, 18 years or older to mm -hmm. enter the uh, rope access program and no experience necessary. So I, I like to think about that as, you know, college is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. But really in the United States these days, we need people with skills and trades or where are we going to be if everyone wants to sit behind a desk? So you can have a great career in rope access. Simply, if you like to work with your hands and you like to work outdoors, what, 
what a greater as I said before it's not really a job if you love what you do right so somebody entering a rope access getting a rope access level one at that age I like to refer to those people as the future decision makers of companies because at 18 you can really advance your career you stay a level one for a few years uh, you go to a company here's a great example let's let's uh, talk about a level one Sprat technician that goes to work for a company because I know many of them mm -hmm. and the company does inspection non-destructive examination okay you can come come to a 40-hour course which is what the course is a, a level one Sprat course is 40 hours mm -hmm. and at the end 40 hours it starts on a Monday ends on a Thursday Friday is evaluation we bring in a third-party evaluator, Sprat evaluator, who administers the written portion of the test, the oral, and the skills portion of the test. That person then succeeds in achieving that level one certification, and right then and there is able to go out into the workforce, try to find a job. Now, let's just say, for example, that person ends up with an inspection company, because I know a lot of inspection companies now looking for level one technicians. That's what I was going to ask. Is is the job market pretty, pretty lucrative out there? It's not 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 so much as financial, but are there a lot of jobs out there for for rope access? If I was to start with rope access and I got it, uh, maybe I don't already have the the craft or the skill to add to it. But is if I just have that one certification, is there a pretty good opportunity for to be picked up out there by companies? There is a pretty good opportunity to pick be picked up by other companies. But again, you need to take that certificate. Mm -hmm. Remember, Sprat is, is a vehicle or right. rope access is a vehicle that gets you to the job. It needs to be paired with a trade. So the example I'm giving is a rope access level one cert mm -hmm. maybe applies to a company that performs NDT, non-destructive testing or non-destructive destructive examination is a trade that you do not need a college education for. When you go to work for a company that specializes in NDT, they will most likely train you on the job training for inspection work. You'd start off with a 40-hour radiation safety course, followed by um, any of the disciplines of NDT, usually ultrasonic testing, mag particle, liquid penetrant. Mm -hmm. So that company is going to give you on the job training because you have that level one certificate and rope access. If you paired the level one certificate with rope access, with a um, NDT inspection, well, that person could be earning upwards of $25 to $30 an hour with no student loan debt, zero student loan debt. At 18, 19 years of age, I'd say that's a pretty good hourly rate. Oh, yeah. And, and these days, what I see in the younger generation is in the companies, the companies are just willing to provide you with on-the-job training. There's only one prerequisite. Please come to work and show up on time. <laughs> yes, yes, and and twenty five to thirty dollars an hour. That's 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 a good bit of money for someone who's eighteen. I I think I can remember back when I was eighteen and what I was making. I'm sure you remember back exactly. when you were, what you were making when I was eighteen, and it was exactly. nowhere close to twenty five to thirty dollars an hour. That's a so good work ethic and willingness to work, mm -hmm. and someone's going to really provide you with the on the job training that you need, and you've already got the other piece of the puzzle, the rope access ticket. Is there any other skills that one would need to possess? Uh, I know you said no experience necessary, but 
let's say, uh, do I need to be good at math or, or do I really need to understand geometry, things like that. It is, is, the, is the curriculum heavy into numbers and math and things like that? Or is, is it something that is, you know, fairly just, just common knowledge that you, that you teach in, in the class? Another very good question. It depends on the career path that the person chooses. If you're going to uh, go into NDT or non-destructive testing, yes, there's math involved, but that doesn't mean it's difficult. They make the math simple and easy to understand. Mm -hmm. uh, so there is that, but let's compare it to, uh, let's say a rope access insulator. Rope access insulator, working in a refinery, maybe not a lot of math. Yeah. But a lot of physical skills, you're still using your rope access level one cer uh, certification paired with learning insulation. And I'm sure there are companies out there that are going to train you in insulation. Vice versa, let's look at rope access and coatings. You know, not a lot of math in coatings, but you still have to learn how to coat something properly. Right, right. So again, rope access and coatings, now you've got a good trade. So you see rope access becomes the vehicle that gets you to the job. So it opens up a, a whole world of different, you still, you still can go into different trades, but that rope access gives you the next level of that trade. It does. Okay. It does. All right. And you become more valuable as a technician with the trade, but compare it to if I'm working on the ground versus I'm working a couple hundred feet in the air, I'm a lot more valuable to a company when I'm doing something up in the air versus what I'm doing on the ground. And I think, I think that that might be driving a lot of the popularity too, is that whereas in the past you would have to engineer and, and build these towering scaffolds uh, all the way up the side of a column to do an inspection, now it just seems like you can just take a, a team, a, a rope access team, uh, two or three people, and you can actually do whatever inspections you need without all that manpower, without all that that extra that that uh, extra manpower, the extra time to build a scaffold, without the extra risk. Because anyone knows who has ever seen a scaffold built or built a scaffold, and we've seen them on the news where these scaffolds collapse. You ha it, it takes a long time to build those scaffolds, and and the amount of manpower it takes to build a scaffold. Those are all opportunities that something could happen. Whereas rope access is just three guys up there and they could probably knock it out in what half the time or, or less. Right? right. So, well, let me just, let me just interrupt one second. Um, you said a couple guys up there, there are women in the industry and women that come to the class. So a couple technicians is like what I like to refer to mm -hmm. it as because we haven't touched on uh, women in the industry. There are a lot of women in the industry and based on the amount of training that we do, Women are perfect candidates for rope access technicians. Really? And they are so because men sort of, uh, when they're in training, try to muscle the rope. Mm -hmm. And we like to tell them, this rope will eat you up. <laughs> the rope's going to eat you up. If you keep uh -huh. using your muscles, it's not going to work. We see big bulky weightlifter guys that come in and, and they think they're going to manhandle the rope. But it's not about being physical with the rope. It's about understanding the specialized hardware and the components we use and understanding of the skill sets. And it seems that the women really understand that more. So it's not a, ascending a rope is not actually pulling yourself up with your arms. 
It's using the strongest muscle in the body, which is your legs. Mm -hmm. So we see women excel at that. But I just wanted to touch on that point because you had mentioned uh, women. But um, getting back to what we were talking about, yes, when you talk about building a scaffold versus sending in a three-person rope access team, rope access leaves a minimal footprint. It's cost-effective and time-saving. That's the most important thing. If you think about um, how long it takes to erect a scaffold hundreds of feet in the air Mm -hmm. to get to a certain spot, a three-person rope access team can get in and get out, leave minimal footprint, cost savings is through the roof. Through the roof. Wow. And that's a good point you made on on women in the industry being able to do that. I I have noticed when you you have classes uh, here at the Health and Safety Council that I have seen women in there, and I always go up and ask you how you know right. how are they doing. And you say time and time again, they they just they, they excel. They they pay more attention to detail. They they, they, they pick it up, and it's it's amazing, right? I've met some incredible young ladies that come into the industry mm-hmm. um, that come from everywhere. We have a group that comes down from Austin, and just a young lady that came in, and she was she blew us away. She would listen to our instructor talk about a skill set and she automatically just absorbed it and to watch someone to listen to a skill set and get on the rope and do it is amazing i was floored when i when i watched her uh, in the air so you don't have to be some big bodybuilder muscle guy to actually you know like you said muscle that rope to get up there you can you can be anybody. You can be truly, any- like you said, anyone can do it. Right? Anyone can do it. You just have to be in reasonable physical health. Reasonable physical health, exactly. That's and amazing. So it, it's it's amazing. I, I love when we have women in the class. I love to watch them work and um, anybody. Uh, just watching people on rope is mm-hmm. amazing. You understand um, those that are very fluid on rope. They're very natural. They take to it very easily. Mm-hmm. And and so if. If I wanted to learn more about rope access, if, if, if I had a question and I was like, you know, that this has piqued my interest, where could I go? What are some resources I could go to to learn a, a little bit more about rope access? Well, number one would be our association, SPRAT, and the website is SPRAT, S-P-R-A-T dot O-R-G, SPRAT.org, mm-hmm. and you can gain information about rope access there. And I imagine they have all the layout as far as the, the definitions of what the level one, the level two, the level three. Okay. From that website, you'll be able to download SPRAT safe practices mm-hmm. and SPRAT certification requirements for rope access from the SPRAT website. Okay. You can also visit our website, absalon.com. And, and how do you spell absalon? A B S E I L O N. Okay. All right. You can visit our website, and we'll have all the information to register for a course. We do monthly courses here at the Health and Safety Council, and it's very easy to register mm-hmm. and be part of our course. We love the courses here. It's a great place to learn. It's a great place to train. Uh, one of the, th- the things that we like best about training at the Health and Safety Council is the facility is state-of-the-art. The facility is temperature controlled. It is a LEED Silver certified building. Mm-hmm. We have 17,000 square feet to train in. And when we talk about its air conditioning and its temperature controlled, that means a lot when we uh, look at um, some of the students that come by. 
uh, as you know, it gets really hot here in, in Texas. Oh, of course. And what a better place to learn in a temperature-controlled environment. You don't want to be on the rope learning this new skill or this new trade. That With sweat getting, getting in your eyes and, and sweat burning. getting in your eyes. And <laughs> so yeah. that's one of the huge um, pluses that we love about the Health and Safety Council. It's conducive to learning. Mm-hmm. And we spend as much time as necessary with the student. I mentioned it's a 40-hour course. Well, yes and no. Yeah. Uh, The industry recommends a 40-hour course. However, we're not here to adhere to that 40 hours. We're here for the student. We're here to make sure that at the end of the week, that student walks away with a pass. I was going to say many times, Ken, when I've, I've left for the day, you guys are still in there on those ropes training till six, seven, eight o'clock at night if it takes that, right? Exactly. We tell the students every day, listen, we're here for your benefit. If you don't understand something, there is no such thing as a dumb question. If you feel you need to spend more time to learn a certain skill set so that come Friday when is evaluation, that you're going to pass that evaluation, we'll stay as long as necessary. And you're right. Sometimes we are here until 7.30, 8 o'clock at night to make sure that the student gets exactly what they're looking for and they're able to pass the test. To make sure they're set up for success set up on for Friday. Success. Exactly. And it's a third-party evaluation. So you guys, you know, it's, it, a, lot of, a lot of associations do that. You know, they don't allow the, the trainer to also be the evaluator. So it's, it's, a, exactly. it's the evaluator doesn't work for you, has no affiliation with you. They're a SPRAT evaluator, right? So it is a complete third-party, non-biased evaluation. It is just that. And uh, we like to tell everybody at the beginning of the class, this course is no gimme. This course is very demanding. Mm -hmm. You're going to be here for 40 hours plus, but there will be a third-party evaluator to administer the testing portion on Friday. We want to prepare you to the fullest so that you can pass the test come Friday. And again, success is what we're looking for in the students. Excellent. Right. So... Okay, so I've, I've got some information. I know a little bit more about rope access. So the next step, Ken, is how can I sign up? Where, 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 how, what's my first step? I've, you've piqued my interest enough that I think this might be an opportunity for me. What's my next step? The next step, if you wanted to sign up, the um, Health and Safety Council, uh, along with Absalon, offers courses on a monthly basis. You can go to the Health and Safety Council website and look up Rope Access Course, or you can just as easily come to absalon.com and sign up on our website. That way we'll get the process started, and we work directly with the Health and, Health and Safety Council to make the process seamless. Excellent. And it's space is limited too, right? Because that's the other thing that I, I really like about your courses is you do spend a lot of one-on-one time with your students, but you also limit that number of space in those courses so that you can do that. It's limited to how many? That is a really good good point you just made. No, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't touch on that. Uh, Sprat requires us to, te- to train eight students per session. So there is always an eight to one student to teacher ratio. And that gives each student time with the, the, uh, with the, the instructor. And, uh, and so, yes, the courses are held to eight eight people at one at one session. So space is limited. Space is limited. Space right. is limited. They fill fast. Okay. Excellent. Be- because you have to remember, we have uh, p- 
people that have never done rope access that want to enter the industry coming in, but a SPRAT certification lasts for three years. So during the class, you'll meet L1s, L2s, and L3s. Every class has a mixture of 1s, 2s, and 3s. There are people recertifying or continuing education. L, L1, 2, and 3, that being levels, right? Level, level 1, level, level 2, two okay. level 3. Mm -hmm. and so so it's, a, it's, a, it's a mixed bag in the class. It is a mixed bag. Okay. But that's a great learning environment because you come in as maybe, maybe you just started this as a career path. Well, now you're introduced to people that actually work in the industry. So you get, by the end of the week, you're the best of friends. So not only are you learning from the instructor, but you're also, I imagine the rope access community has a, has a you know, that, that take care of our own community type mentality, own. right? So not only could you learn from the instructor teaching the class, but you could also learn from that L2 or that L3 who's been out there and who's logged several hundreds and hundreds of hours on the ropes exactly right? exactly you get that experience we see that time and time again where someone comes in but maybe the next time you see them they say hey i'm working for this particular company because of this person that i met in the class excellent so All right. it, it really it's 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 good to see that you know, somebody succeeded and they they found a friend mm -hmm. a mentor and that person uh guided them through their process that's 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 critical nowadays to have those people that you can go to those mentors and things like that especially something as i don't want to say dangerous because that gives the wrong impression but something that could be a, a hazard that as rope access is having that person that mentor and, and being able to go to someone and i imagine you guys are a great resource for that as well we are at the end of every class or even during the class our instructor instructor michael duran always make certain that each student leaves with a business card and his personal cell phone number so that if ever they need him there he's there a phone call away we always ask that everyone when the courses are going on you're more than welcome to come back and participate in a course do some training maybe you you did get something mm -hmm. come back again um during the course we're doing rescues so we always need a uh a person to play the victim right and so we'll have students that came from previous courses come in and say hey I'd like to get some time can I you know be the victim on a rescue that way it helps me out yes you can come on back we're here for the student our mission is to make sure that we produce high caliber technicians for the industry the only way the industry is going to keep its pristine record of zero fatalities is that high caliber technicians are trained to the best of their knowledge. As I always say to anybody that works for us, you need to become the expert at what you're doing. Someday, sometime, someone's going to ask you a question and you better have the correct answer. And the same thing goes for rope access. You need to be the expert. You need to know that. Nice. Well, thank you, Ken. I mean, that, that tells us a lot more than what we, we started out this conversation yes, by knowing about rope access. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, so again, the, the information to look at is obviously uh, sprat.org or uh, absalon.com for more information. And uh, obviously to, to sign up, they can go to, obviously if they want to sign up, they can go to the Health and Safety Council or contact Absalon directly and, and sign up. Right? Yes, yes, they can. All right. Well, thank you for coming and uh, having a conversation with us. I appreciate it. I hope... Uh, all of our listeners got something out of this uh, talk. I, I know I got a lot out of it because, like I said, you know, five, before five years ago, 
I did not even know what rope access was, and I didn't know the the extent of it, and and uh, that people hanging off of ropes was just foreign to me. It's amazing that you say that and to see that because when I started, we started Absalon as a window cleaning company, and at that time in Sprat, there were very few window cleaning companies in Sprat, mm -hmm. and now I look at what's the current. We get a lot of window cleaning companies. We get window cleaning companies from Austin, from Dallas. The window cleaning industry has embraced it. So it's not just jobs dealing with refineries, petrochem, oil and gas, wind energy. It's really grown. It's, it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. It keeps growing and even, it's only going to get bigger. Even like you said, civil, bridges. I, I've seen pictures uh, that you guys have had of uh, you guys working on that skywalk at the grand canyon and uh while i'm i'm very envious of you guys it's not for me i'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hang off the ropes over over the grand we canyon. like to say trust your training and trust the rope right trust right. your equipment thank you for taking the time to talk to us today ken uh, i'd like to say we live or we work in we don't work in a dangerous environment we work in a hazardous environment if you ignore the hazards, that's when it becomes dangerous, right? That's exactly right. So everybody, uh, continue to work. Make sure you are aware of those hazards out there and stay safe.